What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. I'm super excited. We've got a very cool guest joining us from the other side of the world, from Austria. She is the founder and CEO of Red Swan, a consultancy focusing on the development of future scenarios. She's also a former trained ballerina, used to work in a, as a production manager, moderator, and presenter in theater, opera, and film. Please welcome Ursula Isin. Ursula, thank you for being with us today. I'm super excited to hear about your background and what it is that you do. I'm very excited too, and thank you very much for having me, Diana. You're welcome. So you actually, fun fact, you are fluent in Mandarin. Yes, I'm, even, I'm a translator for Mandarin Chinese. Oh, wow. So how many languages do you, do you speak? About seven. Holy cow. That's impressive. That's very cool. I, I Before you start recording, I tell you, I've, I have uh, relatives from overseas visiting right now, and they speak German and um, Romanian. I'm learning a little bit at a time, but I feel like if I would have learned this early on in life, it would be a lot easier for me to pick up. But as you get a little bit older, I think it's harder to start learning new languages like that. But I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. It's never too late. No, that's true. So um, before we get into the Red Swan and your life as a ballerina, which I think is very cool, I was in, I was in ballet myself a long time ago when I was a teenager. What made you learn uh, Mandarin? I actually studied Sinology. Okay. And uh, yes, I, I wanted, actually, I wanted to have a challenge for my studies. Like, as I said, I already speak several languages and it was like, yeah, which language is really hard to learn? And let's try that. But it, that was not the only um, reasoning for that. It was, of course, also, yeah, that's a huge market. Maybe that's interesting. And I, I worked in EU-China projects for quite a while, always with um, a lot of technology background and that kind of stuff. And um, I have to say, well, it's very hard. The Chinese market is very, very hard. So I'm actually not consulting businesses now how to do business in China because it's really almost impossible for, for, European, for European companies to be successful. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's not something that you, I just learned something new. Um, I learned Japanese a while back, so not fully, um, but quite a bit. And that it's very similar to Chinese where a lot of it is memorization and how mm -hmm. they use this, the characters in how you're going to communicate. So it's just a, something very different than other languages, I feel like. Yeah. And uh, for Japanese, uh, they only, only have 2,900 characters. Yes. Why the Chinese have 50,000. So right. not, e not even Chinese know all the characters. If you know like 4,000, 5,000, that's already pretty good. Holy cow, that's crazy. All right, let's switch gears. So you were, <laughs> a you're, you're a trained, well, not were, but you, I mean, you were a trained ballerina. So tell us about that. I think that's just, I love ballet. And so it's so beautiful and graceful. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm probably like a born dancer. My mother used to joke that I could dance before I could walk, that I <laughs> would always move in this really uh, dancer's way. So I actually, I, I was on a stage, I think, first time when I was four years old. And uh, my whole youth, I danced and sang and performed on stages actually and uh, until um, I think it was around 23 something like that I decided that I wanted to go backstage 
And then I started to to become a production manager for opera, for musicals, uh, also for film, and also a presenter, moderator. Very cool. So you've got a very broad background. And so now you are the founder and CEO of Red Swan. I was reading a little bit on your website before we started recording. And it's very interesting how you consult people or entrepreneurs or businesses around um, future scenarios. I was really digging what I was reading there. So what made you transition into creating Red Swan? Um, well, it was not directly from being a ballerina to Red Swan. There were some things in between. Um, um, I worked as a technology consultant and it, um, after I worked in the cultural field for quite a while, I actually decided this is, I love this. I, I love music. I love to dance. I love all that kind of stuff, but the business of it is actually very corrupt. And yeah. I didn't like that. So I actually wanted to, to switch. And I really did, did a like 180 degree turn oh, yeah, and, sure. uh, and switched to technology consultancy. And then I worked for Austria's biggest PR and lobbying agency. So I also studied PR communication and that kind of stuff and uh, got a lot into politics also. Uh, and uh, in this in this whole area, I met someone who was the chief strategist of the oil company Shell, Royal Dutch Shell. Okay. And Shell does this future scenario process since 40 years or even more, more than 40 years. And he actually taught me this process and I got completely hooked with these development of future scenarios. Not so much, it's not about predicting the future, but it is about finding out the real driving forces, external and internal driving forces. And we know, when we know that, we can thrive in uncertainty. It's no problem then actually and he, he he taught me this methodology and uh, then i started dread swan to focus on that and uh, maybe how this came about uh, there's a book by nasim taleb is called black swans and black swans are events uh, with low probability but high impact like some say maybe the pandemic is it's um, discussed yeah. maybe it is a black swan maybe it was predictable who knows? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Red Swans actually, yes, we want to have a huge impact on people's lives in a passionate and creative way. And that's why it's Red Swan. I love it. And so can you give us an example of what that looks like with somebody that you that would want to come work with you? Like what, how is that going to positively impact their, if it's a business, an entrepreneur, how's it going to positively impact their business that them as a leader or, or a business owner and how that plays out for, uh, for them working with you? Hmm. Um, maybe I give an, an, an uh, really an example of yeah, something. Please. I, I use that also for myself. I uh, Sometimes I work with startups, for example, or if I have new business partners, um, I do a short scenario exercise with them. And actually, we, we start with questions to find out what are the real driving forces for me and for you. Yeah? Let's yeah. say we want to work together. What are my driving forces? What are yours? And uh, we ask three future questions. The first is, if you could look into the future of our business corporation, what would you like to know? Like, really, what do you have a glass bulb? What would you like to know? Um, if the future unfolded according to your wishes, optimistically, but realistically, 
what would that look like? And if it unfolded um, in a bad way, in the wrong direction, what would you be worried about? And we collect these things and uh, then we analyze it and find out which of these are highly uncertain and have a great, uh, really a big impact. And these we call the critical uncertainties of the future. And uh, we take two of these and form like a scenario cross is what we call that. And it's a matrix. And then you have four different scenarios. And um, I did this with a startup I wanted to work with. And we had the four different scenarios. And they said, oh, this scenario, that's actually for us, that's an out-of-business scenario. And um, what we wanted to do was to build a consultancy around the startup to have permanent cash flow. That's my role, how to help them to do that. And for me, it was like, what do you mean by out-of-business scenario? As an entrepreneur, I will always try something new. It can maybe for a startup, it can be a pivot scenario, but it cannot cannot be an out-of-business scenario. And it was in this moment when I realized, okay, I'm fully committed and they are not fully committed yeah. because they would be out. If, it, if, right. if this little thing doesn't work out, they are out yeah. and I would invest my energy and I would invest my money and all that kind of stuff. So I could, that was a major red flag. So you can see the red flags in the corporation yeah. early on. And uh, it, I was able to, to draw back from that. And uh, I saved a lot of time and money. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting, though. If they are, if they're a business owner and they're talking about out of business scenario, I feel like <laughs> that's not even on my radar. Let's see how we can scale it. You know, <laughs> several million dollars to you know whatever. That's that's pretty wild. You don't hear about that too often. Yes, and I also do the the matrix. I um, I developed a matrix for myself how to uh, find um, business partners I want to work with, and I found out that my matrix, my main driving forces, are quite the same as they use for the um, what is it Navy SEALs Team Six, the elite of the elite, and they have on the one X uh, they have uh, trust, and the the other is uh, thriving for excellence. Yes, and yes. Um, they would always prefer someone you can trust for uh, before someone who is just like a narcissistic leader who just is um, is excellent but doesn't you cannot trust them. And I, I developed that for myself also, and it's very interesting because sometimes I present this to people, and yeah. they then the reaction is very interesting. Some people then send me nonsense stuff and then they say ah maybe um um am i in the empathic leader category because one of this is called empathic leader and it is like no you already proved you are not an empathic leader not at all um so it's very it's really good it's like uh, you have your values and it's very like a checklist yeah it sounds very interesting i've never heard of anything like this before so i mean i would say you're more like on the the cutting edge of consultancy i mean is are, do you have <laughs> do you have competitors or is this something very new um there are some i probably we worldwide we know each other 
Yeah. And uh, if we have business we cannot do, like it's just too much in the, in the last couple of months, what was really too much, too many requests, then we call the other, can do that, can you oh, do that? Okay. <laughs> so we give each other also business um, if we cannot do it. Um, so, but it's actually still quite new. Though so, um, Shell does it for quite a while and very successfully. Uh, just if you imagine, Shell started to do that in the 1960s. Okay. Um, actually, the process was like many strategic processes invented by the by the military, by the U.S. Air Force, uh, because, of course, in in um, in combat situations, you want to know what does the enemy do and right. you cannot know it. You, so they developed this process to see, let's um, develop different scenarios, prepare for each and every one of them. Okay. So we are well prepared. Um, so this was a great idea. Shell adopted it and um, they were able to uh, prepare for an oil shock scenario in the 1970s when everybody else was not even thinking about it. Yeah. And it, uh, they always, when they are asked, they say, yeah, we didn't, pre we didn't predict it. We didn't predict the future, uh, but we had different scenarios. We also didn't think that's the most likely scenario, but we were prepared. What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Can we get a round of applause today? Woo! Today I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. I'm talking about leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. And let me tell you something. Oh, it smells so good. My man wears this every day. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and use the code LABELFREE20 for 20% off of free shipping and so how often would an organization need to go back and look at the different scenarios and, and come up with different, I guess, strategies based on the future? Because I would think that that would be ongoing. So you, when you, when you meet with someone, you say, okay, we're going to work together. You figure out like the basic scenarios to, to start the, the relationship or whatever the process looks like for you. And mm -hmm. then down the line, as you kind of address all those, you look at other, other scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's good to have like this basic scenarios, but actually uh, you can do that for every decision problem you have. Okay. Um, for example, um, I, I like this example very much. I helped a 13 year old student um, in, in Austria with 13, you have to decide which school you want to to choose like do i stay in a more humanistic school do i want to have more technological impact or more economic and and that kind of stuff and uh how do you know when you're 13 years old so, i know yeah yeah this girl was desperate and her mother told me oh we all we are desperate we don't know what to do uh, it's really a burden on us and um we really don't know that and i said well it's a typical decision problem and i have a process for that if she would like to and i knew she's a very bright girl um yeah. we can do that ask her and we did it like uh, on a saturday um 
10 to 4. Yeah. Uh, we developed her future scenarios. And at the end, uh, it was really great. The mother picked her up and was like, Hannah, do you now know um, what you, which school you want to choose? And I said, I think she knows pretty well what she wants. And the mother was like, but, but you told me you don't know. And the girl said, yes, until today, I didn't know, but now I do. And oh, this wow. was really, really rewarding for me. Absolutely. I can tell by the way you're smiling. That'd be rewarding for me too. Cause that's just like such a great story that she like figured out what path she wanted to take. And at, at 13, that's could be a very, you know, that could go either way, good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, uh, coming back to your question, actually, you can do it for every decision problem you have. I love it. Like which job to choose, which spouse even, <laughs> which business partner <laughs> i had i had a couple who who used it they they uh they booked a training with me and then they used it to decide should we stay in our house should we pay, pay, buy an apartment uh what should we do and uh, it they said it helped that's great and so when someone books a, a training with you how long is that for is that just for a certain period of time like what does that look like um, for for individuals, we start with ninety minute sessions. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. that's the quick and dirty version. For companies, <laughs> it's usually much more a longer process, uh, like um, at least several months. Okay, that you have, you, we have we conduct several workshops um, with uh, different questions and. Um, as I mentioned before, first you, you you want to find out these driving forces, then you analyze them, then you um, really cr um, have narratives, really stories for the scenarios, and you put yourself into the future. Like, let's say, um, the future of internet 2040, and then I ask everyone, now imagine we are in 2040, how do you feel? Yeah. And I once I had had a group of um, very different people, professors and, and um, philosophers, artists, and we tried to to do that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the professors said, "Then I'm dead." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's not very constructive. No, um, <laughs> no. not at all. <laughs> but usually, people like to imagine that. And uh, for for individuals, we would do it. You can run it if it's. If you do not have so many people who discuss, if it's yeah. just an individual, you can do it absolutely in 90 minutes. And just to find out what, what are your driving forces, what are your core values. And I think especially in times um, like the ones we are currently in with like one crisis hitting the next one, um, you, you need this driving forces or your values like a beacon to know where yeah. to go. And then because otherwise, I think people are tumbling around. Yeah. And uh, like this, you have for, for myself also, like for the business partners, I have these uh, core values and I'm, I'm, I'm very clear about that. Yeah. So I will not tumble around. I have one question before we start wrapping things up. Do you feel like when you start working with somebody that um, I think I know what my core values are, but do you it, do you experience people coming into the process and not really knowing what their core values are, or they shift when they go when they go through your exercises? 
Absolutely. And that's also, it's a lot about um, change in perspectives. And uh, I um, say usually tell them the whole process is um, successful if there's a shift in perspectives or if you gain a new perspective. And it's that's always the case. Uh, yep. Like people tell me, oh, I always thought this scenario is the very best. But now that we did that, um, I see that in a completely different way. Yeah. So uh, very often and also uh, people sometimes think they know what they want, uh, but they, it's not really true. There's a, there are so many overlays. And I think the good thing here is you can bring it out. You bring the subconscious to the conscious. Yeah. I love it. A very, that's very interesting and very well put. Where can people find you, connect with you, reach out to you? Um, you can find me on my website. It's www.redswan.at. Um, also on LinkedIn. I'm pretty strong on LinkedIn. Uh, Ursula Aysin. Uh, and I have a stop, sub stack also. That's, it's called code red by redswan.substack.com. I see that. I see that here. I will put all those links in the show notes, you guys. So do not hesitate. If you um, are aligned with Ursula's message, you think that you want to work with her, reach out to her, go connect with her, check out her website. All the links will be in the show notes. So don't hesitate. So Ursula, before we say goodbye, I'd like to ask for any last words of wisdom or advice you'd like to leave with the audience. I would say um, one of my core values is actually human connection. And um, I would love to see more human connection in the world. Uh, for me, every meeting, um, I go into every meeting with the goal to establish a good connection with other human beings. And that's actually makes me quite successful. I love that. Me too. I like to be connected. <laughs> thank, you <Great>. so, <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest today. Please keep us updated on any new projects or anything so we can have you back to update the audience. It was great talking to you and getting to know you, Ursula. So I'm looking forward to seeing more from you. I loved it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radalescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.